0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: We need to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this humble little program. Unions like the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8 are sponsors, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150 are sponsors of this program, as well as... The Chicago Federation of Labor. Ben Jarofsky, song of
2: the day, please. Well, all right, I wanted to uh, sing a song to the man who gave me this hat, Mick Fandler from The Curls, the rock group The Curls, uh, in a Chicago-based band. He was here yesterday. We did a bonus uh, feature with him, which is a really funny and insightful bit, uh, in addition to being a great songwriter and singer. And uh, he's got a lot to say about politics, Mick Fandler. And... He was the first guest that ever brought me a present of a bulls hat, knowing my love for the bulls. So that's why I'm wearing the hat. Not a maga hat. Not a maga hat, but you know, uh, maybe I'll just start wearing a maga hat (laughs) just to throw everybody off a little bit. Uh, You know, the bulls had red before Trump did. All right. Anyway, uh, so I I was going to do as a special honor to Mick, I was going to sing his song "New Country," which he performed on our show. But D Yeah. I can't read my writing. Boy, you didn't have to say <laughs> any of that. You know that, right? You didn't have uh, to say any of that. You uh, could have just say, sang
1: a song and no one would have known no, that you for, forgot it. First of all, I,
2: I don't really know the melody, so that would be a hard thing. Anyway, Mick, I love you dearly. You did a great job. It's, the, the program's going to drop this weekend. Uh, we'll figure it out what day. And uh, so instead, I'll sing the song that Dennis sang. Another one pass dust.
1: Yeah! <laughs> ben Jarovsky Show starts now. <laughs> it is Friday, February 7th, and live from the Chicago Suntime, Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jaroski Show. today on the program as the kids say it is on and popping it's another Romana rundown with ramana hussein we welcome back vice president of the chicago teachers union s d g stacy davis gates and 20th ward alderwoman jeanette taylor makes her return and now your host chicago reader columnist Ben
2: Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Kenny D Newsman Friday, and here's why. Well, I'm going to take a break uh, from obsessively talking about the topics that have been on my mind all week. Iowa, Mayor Pete, Bernie, the bias against Bernie. Uh, My love for Nancy Pelosi, even though many of my listeners really don't like Nancy Pelosi. Uh, What else? What else, D? What else have I been utterly obsessing about all week? I'm trying to think. Tiff reform. Tiff reform. Well, I'm I'm always obsessing over tiff reform. Uh, Bernie, 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 and Bernie. Uh, I'm always obsessing over Bernie, 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 and Bernie. Anyway, I want to talk about the future of journalism just very briefly. Uh, Young Kenneth Davis, a frequent guest on this show, longtime newsman in the city of Chicago. Kenny D. Kenny D. Sent out an email today, or at least I got the email today. I don't know when he sent it out, uh, announcing that he and Linda Paul, his wife Linda Paul, the pride and joy of Evanston High School, uh, are putting together a Future of Journalism Summit. I think they're calling it a, what do they call it, Journalism Town Hall 2020. That's correct. Thank you, uh, Robert Mueller. And it will be at the Legro Hotel, uh, 1 o'clock on February 23rd. So I quickly, excitedly called Kenny D when I got the, after I got the email, go, yo, Kenny D, come on the show, let's promote it. And Kenny D told me, well, Ben, actually. (laughs) Oh, that's what he
1: sounded like, huh? Come on, let's see so like Kenny D impression. Alright, here's the Kenny None D None of this approach. B game. <laughs> Not a word said, but yet a fantastic impression.
2: Young Kenneth Bates told me, uh, Ben, we're already we uh, we don't need any promotion. We're pretty much sold out. We're filled up." And you uh, know, he goes, "We'd love, of course, for you to come." And there was like a like a, like a sort of a suggestion there. But of course, if you can't come, that would be fine too. Uh, but anyway, I you know, very busy that day, Kenny D, so I couldn't come. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm really encourage everybody to go. This this is a constant theme on my mind: uh, the future of journalism. Uh, how can uh, journalism survive? in an era in which uh, you know they're giving the stuff away for free uh, uh, on social media. I was just talking to Frank before we came on the air. He's constantly getting updates on his phone, on Facebook, on Twitter, of news accounts, of various goings on. He's really plugged in, and guess what? He's getting them all for free. So it's really difficult to understand how journalism can survive when everybody's getting it for free. I, on the other hand, old dinosaur that I am, get three newspapers home delivered. I'm I'm subsidizing the whole freaking industry. And I'm always behind. I walk in the studio today. Frank goes, did you hear the latest about what uh, Hillary said about Bernie? And I didn't know it. Frank. turns out Hillary went on Ellen's show today. Cannot. Wasn't I not going to talk about Bernie uh, Sanders today? I can't stop. Can't help herself. Can't, can't she just once in her life say something nice about Bernie Sanders? He spent the month of October in 2016 schlepping around the country, telling the world they should vote for her. And now here we are four years later, and she can't,
1: you got to let it go. She forgot all about that time that Bernie said, uh, we're sick and tired of hearing about your damn emails. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, He let her go and. I
2: the- so it's like I, I listen i do understand it and i don't understand it frank i'm the kind of guy that can hold a grudge for like 50
3: years same here yeah,
2: okay <laughs> same, so you hold a grudge i can understand it but in politics don't you have to kind of pretend and play and just let it go for the sake of party unity every
3: now and then her narcissism has gained the best of her seriously her narcissism is just ridiculous because she just can't get over it she's just Bitter, please, Hillary, just seek a therapist.
2: <laughs> well, that's what I thought The Ellen Show was. Anyway, so... Uh, ben Jarowski Show devotee Frank with us today. Frank Lucchesi Soto, uh, and uh, yes, we saw him at First Tuesday, and we're talking, about having about Frank come on the show anyway, do all the fact-checking that he generally does uh, when he's at work. I shouldn't give it away that you listen to the show while you're at work. They just fine. get you in trouble? No. Okay. Uh, anyway, so... Um, Oh, back to Kenny D. So it's, you know, the future of journalism in an era, when the journalists are giving away their product for free on the internet, I'm a little curious to see what solutions they can come up with. Here's my advice to young Kenneth. And I said this to him when I was on the phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the confession music is the same as the advice music. Is it really sweet, nice <laughs> advice? Uh, not really. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of nice. Here's my thing. Uh, I hope that it doesn't deteriorate uh, in or evolve. I shouldn't say deteriorate into a session. I already told Kenneth this. I hope it doesn't evolve to a session when geezer journalists of my generation, like myself, Start going on and on about the grand old days of journalism. Because I'm going to tell you something right now, folks. I said this to young Kenneth when I was talking to him on the phone today. Journalism wasn't that great back in the grand old days, okay? As a guy who's been following and reading and subscribing and holding up, thank you, subsidizing even the Tribune uh, all these years, I could tell you that more often than not, at least in the local level, our newspapers were supporting some of the dumbest ideas that every mayor has ever come up with, including and not, let's say, but anyway, what do they, oh, the world, oh, my God, the Olympics, uh, giving Amazon all that money. So we go down the years, go back into the 90s, looking the other way at all sorts of, like, a gross abuses of power by the dailies. It's not been that great. It wasn't like as though there was this garden of eden that existed in journalism that ended when we reached millennial stages here and i'm i really get irritated when i hear old geezers talk about back in a day at billy goats we were we would work hard pounding on our story <laughs> then we go to billy goats with mike royko and knock one back <sighs> yeah we were great wasn't that great okay just as an old geezer I just had to get that off my chest. All right, D? Anyway, I, uh, Ken, Ken and uh, Linda Paul, I wish you the best of luck with that town hall. Hope it's jam-packed. Hope you come up with some solutions. And then we'll bring Kenneth on the week afterwards, D, and unpack it all. Does that sound like a good idea? I think it sounds good. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We got a great show today. Ramana Hussein will be here. Man, <laughs> we got a, uh, a powerful duel. A duo, Jeanette Taylor, the older woman of the 20th Ward, and SDG, Stacey Davis-Gates, talking all things progressive politics in the city of Chicago. You know, Dean, I have a feeling, I've got a feeling, to quote uh, John Lennon and the Beatles, or maybe it's Paul McCartney, do not know, Uh, anyway, that we'll end up talking some national talk. You know, Jeanette Taylor's uh, for Bernie Sanders, did you know that? I knew that. And Paris
3: Socialist
2: Caucus endorsed Bernie the entire caucus yeah. isn't one member of the caucus for elizabeth warren
3: i don't think so i don't think so either no.
2: and we'll see if Stacey davis gates who's not known for ducking and dodging but i got a, a funny feeling when it comes to endorsing a candidate we'll see sdg do a little ducking and dodging well Ben, they're
1: all good uh one hand this and the other hand there that. we go make our guests uncomfortable <laughs> awesome uh no just kidding she anyway. did
3: duck and dodge when i asked if she was running for mayor Beckett first Tuesday when was that that was uh, the uh, first question right out of the box mm-hmm. and what did she, what did she what was her answer she kind of danced around it oh, She was Frank, like, you know
2: she's gonna be here right yeah, you're gonna she, be sitting yeah. right next to her mm-hmm. I <laughs> go <"Well, laughs> uh, Stacy did you know that Frank said you were ducking and dodging <laughs> uh anyway uh she kind of
3: politely danced around the question basically but I hope she does her or Brandon Johnson run for mayor of the town's Lori because we need to actually have a progressive mayor for Christ's sake
2: the news and views of Frank Lucchese Soto are those of Frank Lucchese Soto and do not <laughs> necessarily reflect the Ben Droska show. Although he may, I gotta say, he raises some interesting points. Anyway, before we get to, down to all that, the young man from Alton, the man that Frank finally calls Dr. Doobie with the news.
3: <laughs> I never called you that, Dennis. That's just Ben.
1: Thank you, Frank. You're Thank welcome. You. Ben, let's hear that Ken Davis impression one more time. I, 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 My God. If Star Search were around now, you'd be on it. <laughs> Can I do my Bill Clinton impression
2: now? Let's hear it. I love Frank Lucchesi Soto. He's a great guy. I've known him for years.
3: (laughs) Ah, Bill Clinton, (laughs) as too many people say, one of the greatest Republican presidents ever.
1: Wow, a true progressive.
3: Frank, you fit right in. (laughs) All
1: All right, right, for the fourth and final Uh, time this week, let's discuss what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, shall we? First up, the Illinois governor. And for the record. I'm not a perfect person. Today, Governor J.B. Pritzker is in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. He's there for the National Governors Association Winter Meeting, and unlike the last governor... Yay for our teachers! Yay for our teachers! Well, who accomplished nothing, (laughs) Governor Pritzker can actually add something worthwhile to the conversation. With a hefty list of accomplishments, including $40 million made in month two of legalized recreational marijuana, Ben, finally, Illinois may not be the laughing stock of this event. No, because we were so high.
2: Well, actually, everybody will be laughing. <laughs> anyway, bad reefer joke. But anyway, it's $40 million in sales. Not
1: we. I don't think the Illinois has gained $40 million in taxes. It's $40 million. In- we actually have audio from the event. Politico briefly interviewed J.B. Pritzker. They asked uh-huh. about the recent statements that he made toward the fumbled hot mess, also known as the Iowa Presidential Primary Caucus. As the caucus was melting down, Pritzker stated that Illinois should be the first primary of the election season, uh, elections season, not Iowa, the governor did not shy away in his response. I'm not sure how the Democratic Party should
4: engage in, you know, in a primary to level the playing field. What I can say is that I do not think Iowa should go first. I mean, I thought that the day before, you know, I mean, so this isn't (laughs) a new thought. Um, And some people saw that I tweeted out on the night of the Iowa Uh, caucuses that illinois should go first and there's a reason not just because i'm from illinois and i believe in illinois but but we have the most diverse state that you could have for picking a presidential Nominee, um, you know, you we have tech industry, we have agriculture, we have you know 75% of our territory in Illinois is agriculture. Um, we have uh, rural, exurban, urban uh, communities all over the state. We have you know every swath of different belief across the state of Illinois. Um, diversity matters, right? And to have these states with no diversity come first, uh, and somehow that's going to decide who's going to drop out. You know, if you couldn't compete in one of those mm-hmm. non-diverse early states you can't make it to the third or fourth or fifth or to right. you know state or to super tuesday um so it seems to me that having a state like illinois that's much more representative of the united states as the first state and by the way the uh, the illinois republican party agrees with me whoa. and they've come whoa. out in favor of it so um so I, it is that's the right way to go <laughs> and I, I think we're going to get it
2: done too whoa i think we're going to get it t- i'm with them 100 percent on this one uh yeah.
3: Right, because it's not, basically, it's not 1972, basically, anymore, because the country has changed over the years. We are a lot more diverse and a, more of a cultural melting pot, and also, Illinois is way more diverse than Iowa, New Hampshire...
2: Well, I think the, the best, who is it said, don't call it a melting pot, call it a mixed salad. Whatever, whatever your metaphor is, your point's well taken. Mm. Uh, yeah, who was it that said, no, but I love salad. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't like melting pots. Uh, but uh, no, I think I'm with them 100%. Now, there was the argument, uh, the Mark Brown argument. Let's put it out. Let's give it credence, okay? That it's cold in January in Illinois. And so, you know, people might not vote. People are always looking for any excuse not to vote. And Un- it's cold. not cold
3: in Iowa? Yep.
2: Yeah. I can't argue with that. Plus, um, I don't know. You have such early voting. You could drive. You, there's no excuse. The cold is no excuse for not voting. Uh, doesn't stop Bear fans from going to see football games. Huh? Exactly. I never you, seen a Bear fan say, oh, it's too cold to go see a football game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm with J.B. Pritzker 100%. Yeah, let's have Illinois go first. By the way, Frank, wouldn't it be a blast? This is what Dennis and I always talk about. I
3: think it would be awesome. You Everybody have all the candidates. Yeah. All these candidates coming through. It'll be, it'll be great for you. Plus, you... Plus, you're not guarded by the SEC anymore. And <laughs> people can be a little more free of what they say. And also, especially, you can also rag on some of the more, let's just say, conservative candidates like a John Delaney who, and I don't know why Michael Bennett's still running still.
2: I, I, he, he may have dropped out. And we no, just have he's, no, he's still in the race. He's still so in yeah. the
3: race for some reason. Uh, I don't even know why Deval Patrick's still in the race. Who
2: I don't know why Deval Patrick got in the race. That was one of those who got in early. You know, the, he jumped in right around the time Bloomberg jumped in, and so they're competing for the same vote.
3: Deval Patrick got in, I think, about November or December. I think. Yeah, it was at some point. I forget what it was that triggered Patrick and Bloomberg. There was it was Bernie and Elizabeth Warren because Bloomberg's only doing this. The reason why Bloomberg's only doing this is because he doesn't want his. T- T- raised his taxes on people. They have his taxes raised.
1: Hot <laughs> takes from Frank today, buddy. And now, when you have the Illinois governor on for a one-on-one interview, I guess you have to address that damn dirty Illinois corruption. You know, and you you tried to address some of this in your State of the State address uh, earlier th- or last month, and and so, but some of the measures being talked about about disclosures seem like band-aids. Seem like these sort of nibbles at the bigger issue of corruption in, in the state. I mean, why not? What's what? Needs to happen. Is there something where maybe maybe you you sort of don't have the outside work, right, and pay lawmakers more? There's, I mean, there are more radical ways probably, but you know, what needs to happen?
4: Well, first of all, I didn't just talk about it in the state of the state. I actually um, pushed legislation in our veto session, which was in November. For more lobbyist disclosure to make sure that we know who the subcontractors are who the businesses are that are behind the lobbyists how much money they're giving to so we can collect look at the collective of how much influence they are wielding on legislators that's not something that's been available in Illinois easily to the public or to the press and I want more transparency that is how we're going to weed out corruption in my view. All right. Uh, Who is interviewing him? Some feller from Politico. All right. Let me just say this. I don't know
2: what law. Oh, God, I'm going to get all the reformers mad at me. But I don't know what law could be passed that hasn't already been passed. It's illegal to take a bribe. It's illegal to give a bribe. For as long as I've been in Chicago, following Chicago politics, Frank, it's been illegal to take or give a bribe. So I I don't know what new law you could pass that would like, well, we're going to outlaw double outlaw bribery uh it's already illegal to take a bribe
3: <laughs> well especially now since the supreme court legalized with senators united they legalized bribery basically the quote jank Uger, that we legalize bribery in this country basically corporate PACs are just a way to leak just bribes to the politicians like oil and gas fracking well fracking is part but for yeah fracking Big oil, I said that, all right. But like Wall Street, it's all bribes. They're bribing your politicians.
2: (laughs) And that's the bribes that always be legal. They're never going to make it illegal for some big corporation to give money to politicians. And the Republican Party, by the way, which talks a big deal about how how much they want to clean up Illinois politics, is the first one to avoid any kind of serious discussion about cleaning up campaign financing. So just putting that out there. A lot of talk in Illinois. there I is a group
3: d- d- by Jane here of the Young Turks called Wolf Pack, Wolf Dash Pack. Basically, they're going around state by state and calling for a constitutional convention to get the for, to get money out of politics. We passed it here in Illinois. Passed in California, New Jersey. I think New Hampshire, Vermont, I don't remember all the states, but it's basically they want to go through each state legislature and try to pass it to get the call for a constitutional amendment to get money out of politics. If you
2: got money out of politics, there would be no uh, Tom Steyer campaign and there would be no Michael Bloomberg campaign on the Democratic side uh, at all. And Donald, who knows about Donald Trump?
1: (laughs) So there it is, an update on our governor mingling with the other governors. Now, JB, we know you've accomplished a lot and we're all proud of you for that but at this event please remember no one likes a braggart okay I like you JB and I want these other governors to like you too we don't want them feeling incompetent by the way I think we can cross the Iowa governor off our list after that oh. caucus comment I don't think we'll be winning him over anytime soon so a word about wh- who is the, the Iowa governor
3: uh, her name is Kim Reynolds <laughs>
1: unbelievable he didn't even look it up folks go ahead so D. a word to the wise here JB Pritzker whatever you do please do not mention this summer's Illinois State Fair concert headliners Toby Heath and Puddle of Mud. My
3: God. they'll be... Snoop Dogg in this one, too? No, nope. LL Cool last... J. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. That was last year. Yeah, they'll
1: probably resign right there when they hear about that lineup. <laughs> in other statewide news, we have a third congressional Democratic candidate update. And hey, here's something different. It's not an update involving barely Democrat incumbent Dan Lipinski <laughs> and actual liberal challenger Marie Newman. It's an update on one of the other candidates. Yes, it's true. There's other people running in this race besides that right-wing, legit, no-joke, neo-Nazi. This is Democratic third congressional candidate rush. Don't forget Forget about me, Darwish. He has a new ad out. <laughs> I guess Mr. Darwish is reaching out to our um, low to no drama voters, you know? Yeah,
3: he's more of a centrist. Like, I somehow I was lurking on his Facebook page, and he was...
1: Somehow he, you were looking at yeah, his... Yeah, I somehow managed to follow <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: him on yeah. Facebook, and I was reading, and He was and he's proposing, like, the Mayor P type of universal health care thing, Medicare for who wants it. For all who wants it, basically. Oh, you seem like a big fan of that, Frank. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Medicare for who wants it. That's Mayor Pete's version. Ben, what do you think about Rush Darwish? How do you think he'll figure out in this race? Well, I've got to figure he'll finish uh, third.
2: And if anything, he'll be the one who takes away the votes that Marie Newman would need to, to beat. That's uh, Dan Lipinski. That's the conventional wisdom and... You know, when you have a divided uh, primary, generally it favors the uh, incumbent. We have discussed this in the case of the seventh congressional. We had Keenan Collins on the show and Anthony Clark were running against uh, Danny K. Davis. So, you know, I uh, generally I promote democracy. The more the merrier. Uh, In the case of the third congressional, uh, I'm not a big fan of Dan Lipinski. So it's just sort of working against. He's
3: barely even a Democrat. He's more of a Republican. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I would. Yes, I would say that is accurate. So uh, here's
3: the
1: latest ad from our Democratic third congressional district candidate, Rush Darwish. I'm Rush Darwish, and I approve this message because we can't keep electing the same people and expect a different result. The third district needs a congressman who will fight for us. I'm a lifelong humanitarian and father who spends time volunteering to raise money for medical procedures on children affected by violence. I support Medicare for all who want it. So no American is denied medical care just because they can't afford it. Our health care is not about drug companies. It's not about lobbyists. It's about us. Oh, By the okay. way, me, he sounds kind of nice. He, he
2: sounds nice. But let me just say this uh, piggybacking what Frank said. Medicare for all who wanted it, which is straight out of the, of the Mayor Pete playbook, the Amy Klobuchar paper. playbook. Mm-hmm. It's centrist Democrats. It's
3: centrist. I,
2: the third congressional... Marie newman has been on the show and she's pointed to us many times and we've talked about this many times the third congressional went for bernie big time in uh in 2016 over hillary clinton so the third congressional if you're in a democratic primary It would seem to me that if you wanted to be uh, in tune with the voters of the third congressional, you'd be echoing Bernie's platform uh, calling for Medicare for all uh, and or health care for all universal care for all. Uh, You know, that's redundant, but universal care, health care. So I'm not quite sure, even from a strategic point of view, uh, if taking the Mayor Pete line, Medicare (laughs) Medicare for those who want, <laughs> health care for those who want it, and if you don't want health care, we're not gonna give it to you.
3: Oh, so. such a radical idea, basically. Why not just give it all for it, health care for all instead of this BS wonky who for all who wants it. Everybody wants health care because they don't, basically, Medicare for all basically, sh- basically even though the establishment tries this, and corporatists say that That's pie in the sky, how is it that other seven, basically a lot of industrialized nations like Germany, France, UK, Scandinavia, all manage to have a single-payer healthcare system, and they have not broke the bank over it?
2: It has not. It, it is somehow or other uh, it eludes the United States. You got any more updates, D? Uh,
1: that'll be it. Let's go to the live stream chat room here. By the way, look for Frank at the next P Buttigieg <laughs> event happening in <laughs> Illinois whenever that's coming up. Sounds like he's a big fan. Uh, shout out to the live stream chat room. All of you guys are awesome here. Now, for those who don't know, Ben has a song of the day. Maybe people fast forward through that part by now. Ben has a song of the day and our live stream chat loves to weigh in about that. Uh, like KMA Barry. KMA Barry says, I'm moving closer to Brianna's views on Ben singing. <laughs> Brianna's usually not a big fan. Yeah. That's good times. Yeah. We got avid Ben Jarofsky Show listener Frank in studio with us here. Uh, Pat Rod says, Nice shirt, Frank. Thank you. It is Here's a sharp a nice shirt. shirt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, let's roll tide. Oh, yeah, he's a big Alabama Crimson Tide fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Michael Wade in. He said, Is uh, when's Puddle of Mud coming on the show? <laughs> They're never coming on the show,
3: Michael. I have a band for you, Ben, that's kind of a ridiculous name. It's called My Leftover Salmon. Is There's, that a joke? No, that's an actual band name called My Leftover Salmon. Okay. All right. I'll have to write that down and listen to the My music. cousin's girlfriend got hit my cousin tickets, and I never even heard of them, and it's kind of a ridiculous name for a band. I don't never even know their songs. I only know that, and I give my cousin shit for it, basically.
2: Uh, you are allowed to swear, swear on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Ramana Hussein has entered the room. Ramana Hussein yeah. has entered the room. We're going to bring
1: her on real soon, right, D? Yep, we'll be right back. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in
2: Hey everybody, what you're about to hear are
1: the piano stylings of Jeff
2: Manuel. as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to Jeffmanuelpianist.com I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J E F F m as in mary a n as in nancy u e l p i a n i s t dot com take it away jeff manuel
0: How did you go from sharing stories over the years to deciding to
1: write a book? Good question, Mayor. Good question. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun Times.
2: Uh, Ramana Hussein in the building. That was—that's uh, an old bit that Dennis loves to play. Cracks me up every time I hear it. It's uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot at a panel interviewing uh, Hillary Clinton. I remember that <laughs> probing questions. How
0: did you get to be so
2: great? Uh, good question, Madam Mayor. Uh, Anyway, Ramana Hussain is with us uh, every Friday, the Ramana Rundown, um, and uh, Ramana Plenty to talk about. Uh, generally, we talk about some of the, the criminal justice stories in the news. It, today sometimes was so depressing, I, I could not bring <laughs> myself to talk about all, all of the carnage that has been existing in Chicago. So let's just talk about this outbreak. Uh, I'm not quite sure what what's going on here at Lincoln Park High School. It's been happening for the better part of a week. This is classic case, Ramana, of the Board of Education, Chicago Public Schools, the leader of Chicago Public Schools, keeping people in the dark. Uh, to tell folks a little bit about what's going yeah, on. Yeah,
0: there's been, this, uh, I, I guess, a number of protests that the Lincoln Park High School students have been conducting in the mm-hmm. last few days. And um, what happened was, well, what we know so far is that the interim and assistant principal of the school were ousted. Um, you know, we're hearing bits and pieces as to why this happened. Uh, There was apparently, um, and then there's a suspension of the uh, boys' basketball team. Mm -hmm. And there was some sort of, there's some sort of indication that they're looking into matters, but it's kind of unclear what those matters are. But there was, um, you know, talk, or at least we have information, that there was some sort of sexual assault that happened. And that's part of the overall investigation that CPS is conducting right now in Lincoln Park High School and uh, but we don't know you know they said that administrators didn't really act you know they acted appropriately in handling that situation, so then it's a little more confusing then there was a interim there was a n then there was another principal that was brought to the school, someone else, and then she was caught on video um grabbing a seventeen year old student I believe him by his face mm-hmm. and so then I think she recently stepped down too there was a note sent to parents and so <laughs> the latest is that, you know, we had a bunch of students protesting yesterday, I believe, and then there was like some fights that broke, down, broke out. They had nothing to do with the protest, but there's fights that kind of broke off on the side and someone was seen taken on a stretcher. So there's all these different parts happening right now, but it just seems like a lot of chaos at uh, Lincoln Park High School right now and the students are just saying that they feel like they, you know, doesn't feel like school for them. I read some quotes from our story, so it's it's just we know there's a lot happening there um yeah all all the we don't have all the puzzle pieces
2: yeah it it's it's i'm I'm not sure if like if you're going to write a a handbook on how to handle um some difficult news if this would be uh in this would be in the chapter how not to handle it something happened we don't know what it is uh it's of the sensational nature having to do with a allegations again totally unspecified allegations of sexual assault cover-up a failure to follow sexual misconduct reporting procedures i'm reading from eric zorn's yeah. column in the tribune very good column he wrote uh, retaliation against witnesses improper discipline something it sounds horrible yeah. when you lay out these general accusations but without any specificity you don't know like who did what to whom and why why exactly we should be so worried and then on top of everything what's so counterintuitive the principal who was let go and the basketball coach was let go uh, again without any specificity to the allegations the students walked out to support
0: those those people who were let
2: go so it really undercuts the allegations that the chicago public school is making it's it's quite a preposterous It is. It is,
0: it is. And it's just, I, like I said, we don't have all the puzzle pieces. So it's confusing as to what exactly is happening. And I think from some of the students feel like they're left in the dark, you know, maybe they were really like these administrators or these, you know, the basketball coach. So, you know, I think they the basketball team, didn't they stop playing too? Yeah, they've so, been, yeah they forfeited been the suspend. season. Yeah, yeah, they've been forfeited. Or, or, so, been forfeited. yeah, so they're probably angry about that. Um Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's definitely interesting because there's a lot of these kids protesting and there's a lot of... Noise around this. So it's what I know. It's totally
2: absurd. At the bowling alley the other night, I'm watching on the TV. I know I get all my great news at the bowling <laughs> alley, and I'm watching this this poor newscaster standing on the. Uh, they always make him stand outside in the cold, the you know, the outside kids the school. Kids are probably yeah. it's like Billy Bob here at Lincoln Park Hi, ah, Something bad has happened. I don't know what it is, but it's really bad. When we get more details, we'll go back to you, man. What? 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 You know? And it's like bad news at Lincoln Park <laughs> High. <laughs>
0: I had an angry caller call me today, all mad because she doesn't know where Lincoln Park High School is. And I'm like, do you mean the address? And she's like, is this in the city? I'm like, yeah, it's in Lincoln Park. That's what, you know, we didn't have the address. Probably <laughs> that might be it's a, a clue. No, and she's like, well, how would I know that? And I'm like, I gave her the exact address. Wait, come on, why was she calling you? people call us and complain about things. There was a story today in, in today's paper and it was confusing me and I go, what story? And she said, the link, but it wasn't because of all the different, you know, parts of the story. She was confused about where Lincoln Park High School was. Yeah, yeah. And I said, it's in Lincoln Park, but the neighborhood, but I gave her the exact address. And yeah. she goes, well, you need to put that in the everyone's a
2: journalist expert yeah. but you know what uh my general attitude is the critics are always right thank you ma'am for your call thank you for reading the newspaper and you i appreciate sure about
0: it. that you should see the calls we get uh yeah listen i
2: i hesitate to uh make fun of anybody for not, not- knowing things because i didn't know what puddle of mud was until last week when you educated me so i guess not knowing what puddle of mud is is the equivalent of not knowing that Lincoln park is a community in the city of Chicago, even though you live in the city of Chicago, right anyway, here. Now here's the uh, quirky thing about the whole story. And only in Chicago angle that um, I can't quite get over uh, the officer in charge. Follow me folks of doing the investigation <laughs> uh, into whatever happened at Lincoln park high school, something bad happened. We don't know what it is because they won't tell us the officer in charge of doing the investigation himself, Just stepped down. The inspector general Mm -hmm. of the Chicago public schools uh, just stepped down. For he
0: quit in an email. So, there was two complaints filed against him, and you know, I think they said that. I think the people who complained said that it was a toxic workplace in. That Nicholas Schuler, that's his name, mm-hmm. um, had threatened to kill somebody. I, I guess the name was redacted, and in whatever um, information we got. Anyway, he uh, he quit recently, and he said that you know he might have been demanding and excessively hard. And he told Lori Lightfoot, whoever replaces him has to be someone that's you know dogged and is aggressive about these matters as well too. So he left. And he said he, he said he's I think he said the allegations were a little exaggerated, but said that, you know, he might have been, you know, yelling at people sometimes. That was so.
2: the, that was his defense was in today's Times, if you're interested. But it's interesting. Just follow me, the folks. There's um, uh, harsh allegations about uh, <clears throat> sexual harassment at Lincoln Park High School. The person who is intended to investigate those allegations uh, just had to step down because he is the subject of allegations of harassment general harassment of his employees, it's the Chicago Public Schools. Uh, so we I don't know who is investigating anything. I don't know. They don't know <laughs> what they're investigating. Uh, and kids are walking out of the school saying that the principal who has been removed from office is actually the victim. Uh, welcome to Chicago. Not the
0: not the one that left soon, recently, but the one who was ousted. The original me. one, <laughs> not the one that grabbed uh, the, child, yeah.
2: the student by the face. But whenever kids walk out of a school this way, <sighs> the, 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 the you know the media obviously feels compelled to cover the story, even though they don't know what they're really covering. So it's this bizarre, baffling, uh, yeah, a little um del- uh, sh- sh- spectacle going on here. Uh, harsh bosses. I started reading this uh, this this story about this uh, gentleman Schuler. Apparently, he's he was big for yelling at people. Mm-hmm. Get it done. <laughs> What's your experience been with uh, harsh
0: bosses? Harsh bosses. I think for the most part, I've gotten along with most of my bosses. Um, but you know, now that I'm older, I look back and I go, maybe I just you know, and especially as a woman, and now that I look at millennials and the things they get mad at, I'm like, oh my god. You know, we just sat there and let this happen. You know, I I think that's great. One of the great things about millennials is they call people out really quick. It doesn't matter if they're like their boss or, you know, their superior. They'll be like, hey, I didn't like this. And so, you know, I feel like Generation X, my generation, we kind of came into it, but I don't know. Most of my bosses I've had were very nice. Um, my first job as a reporter was at the City News Bureau. And our boss was Paul Zimbracos, who's a very old school Greek guy. And I kind of felt like I was working for my da- dad with him because, you know, he was he was kind of like, a you know, I think he was a child of immigrants, but he was very Greek, still into that culture, old school culture. So um, he was really nice, though. He wasn't gruff. So, <clears throat> he he could have been he could be gruff, but he was he was I didn't th- I thought he was fair. Like he asked a lot of good questions, and there's definitely some editors that worked there, and uh, they yelled. Yeah, they never yelled at me, but I saw them yell, and it, I think it was a very old school common practice, especially in journalism, for men to yell. It was mostly men at you know male editors like yelling at people. Well, and I don't I know some people. I mean, one of my editors, he's a friend of mine. I mean, he was like, he would yell all the time. He'd be like, ah, and, you know, the F-bombs would go on and off. And he was, he was a former editor here at the Sun-Times, and he went to the Tribune. And I think someone said that he had to tone it down when he <laughs> went to the Tribune. And I guess the yelling was like, you know, I guess he depended on who he yelled at. But there's definitely like some yelling. I think some people in this day and age would not, they would complain. Waste of time out.
2: This, this boss this editor that, was great. Yeah. This, you like this editor. This
0: editor was really nice. And but you I, didn't
2: mind when he yelled at you.
0: <clears throat> he never really yelled at me, but I saw him yell other people. Like, you know, on the phone, he's like, oh, get that goddamn whatever. <laughs> like, you know. And, so why wouldn't like, he yell at you? I don't know why he didn't yell at me. Maybe he was just nice to me. But I mean, it, if you, if you talked to him, like you would see that, you know, he was, he wasn't really yelling at that person. It was more like the situation. I kind of feel like he yelled at the guys more. Mm. He, but there was one time I felt bad cause you know, we're all new reporters and there was this young woman who uh, was working and she quit after a week. She couldn't find um, this. I think she was looking for, sears tower or she couldn't get to o'hare she had a really hard time with directions and so one time he was on the phone i don't know if he was yelling at her but he was yelling at the person training He's like, she's got to. i want her to go all the way to o'hare and come back even if she misses the assignment and i was like i was like i was kind of like i felt bad for her just well, like li- hearing the yelling i i think there was a lot of yelling going on when i first started off in journalism like city bureau city news bureau it was um
2: Oh, yeah. No, that was, back uh, and forth. Uh, I, I started the show by talking about how uh, Ken Davis and Lynn Paul are going to convene a, a summit on the future of journalism. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and I was uh, urging them not to fall <laughs> into the trap of saying how wonderful things were in the past. No. Uh, yeah, because they weren't that great in the past. But one of the things about journalism that I never liked was this notion that it was somehow uh, effective of. Bosshood to yell at people yeah. and abuse them. I, I couldn't understand the psychology I think, of that.
0: I think the thing is everybody thinks it's a very old school, cool thing to do. Like as a journalist, I think it's less, I think people don't like it as much anymore or don't want to deal with it anymore. And I feel like there are still people in the newsroom, not necessarily my boss, who kind of think that way. They think it's like the 1950s or they think it's really cool that it's not a traditional job. I, I mean, I look back and I think, God, there's so many things that probably was were said to me and happened to me that in most traditional workplaces, they would not be acceptable. Yeah. And so I look back and I'm like, I was I, I sometimes think I can write a book. But I mean, and, and you know, a lot of women feel like uh, it's a very bro culture in journalism, um, especially the guys at the top um so we complain about that all the time that's well, a very that's a very um a lot of women journalists do complain about the guys well, well I'm, I'm just telling you
2: i'm, I'm uh, the men i'm with the millennials 100 i'm with them i'm like they sh- they don't put up with it they shouldn't put up with it our ancient baby boomer generation shouldn't have put up with it yeah uh it was
0: worse with the baby boomers especially for women
2: well yeah The um, when when I five billion years ago when I my first journalism job was a copy boy at the old daily news which is long gone, and they would yell. Oh, they
0: probably yelled at you. Oh, my God. <laughs> copy!
2: <laughs> These big, beefy editors were like, I was always worried they're going to have a heart attack.
4: <laughs> you copy! They think, you know.
2: dude, man, chill out, okay? Of course, I was so high in those days. And I'm like, hey, man, calm down, <laughs> right? What's the rush, all right? Uh, so, yeah, I, I've, I've never uh, responded well. I, but anyway, my point is, it's beyond ironic that the investigator who's in charge of the investigation had to step aside because he was allegedly harassing his employees, City of Chicago, public schools in this particular uh, area. <laughs> Uh, event or even more dysfunctional than my beloved Chicago Bulls. All right, uh, let's move on. And speaking of uh, bossy bosses, Donald John Trump took a victory lap. I know you could not have been uh, pleased by his triumphant <laughs> you know? parade.
0: I just thought it was interesting. We um, obviously being in the newsroom, uh, his speech after his acquittal yesterday, we had to, well, it was on the news, like our editor, my fellow editors turned on the TV and I was like, Oh, here we go. And, um, I heard bits and pieces cause it wasn't very loud. They didn't put the, but he was going on for an hour. And the one part I did hear was when he said, Russia, Russia, Russia. And I felt like <laughs> it was like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha from uh, Brady bunch. And then right, like, like two seconds later, he swore. He said it was all bull. You, can you know, at, I can say bullshit Yeah uh, Okay can, sorry Frank I, just I, dropped the bomb I, I, <laughs> It's a podcast I, I, I didn't know we could Oh swear. yeah Are you kidding <laughs> But anyway uh, <laughs> Everybody like, oh, now swears Now
2: they say that, that yeah, uh, no. Everybody swears on this show But me and Dennis it's,
0: And me I, I yeah. thought we couldn't swear No 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 But anyway su- He, yeah, he swore And it was like funny Because like a lot of the networks Didn't know <laughs> they, they didn't know that They didn't see that coming So I think a lot of people missed it So one of my editors was like Did he just say bullshit I'm like oh he did and so, you know, during the speech I heard bits and pieces and he kinda of went off on tangents and then he, you know, thanks his daughter and his sons and Barron. He goes, Barron and my other sons and <laughs> and then me. and then at one point <laughs> and then at one point, uh I don't know. I just there's people in the room and I don't know, they played that what kind of music did they play when they he walked in? It was the presidential music or something. Yeah,
2: dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, yeah. Dun, I dun, think dun,
0: Yeah, Hillichi, yeah. It was Frank. So um, it was very interesting. I was like, oh, my God, when will it stop? It kept going on and on and on. And he called uh, people who are, you know, quote, unquote, against him evil and yeah. corrupt, I think. I think corrupt. I Don't quote me on the corrupt, but I know it's an evil. No, so. he
2: called them uh, evil. I think he called them corrupt <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, it was quite an oration. Uh, and uh, Donald Trump is feeling it. I have a hard time believing that a majority of people in this country uh, appreciate this act. Uh,
0: some people do. I understand actually. that
2: some people love the act. I'm well aware of that. You know, I guess I guess I feel numerically it's about 40% absolutely love the act.
0: Wasn't his approval rating at 49%? That's the latest yeah. approval
2: rating. I'm not saying that 9% love the act, but <clears throat> they approve of the job he's doing, yeah. which is so who knows if the act uh, fortifies their approval of Donald Trump or detracts from it. Uh, the State of the Union, let's discuss that one. That was... Um,
0: oh, yeah. Did you was, watch it?
2: I, okay, In my uh, defense, I <laughs> would have watched it, but we had a First Tuesday show. Oh, yeah. So... Uh, I was at the gym. You were at the gym working out. I was uh, at the First Tuesday. We had the presidential debate between uh, the Bernie Sanders supporter. Oh, I did too. Yeah, that. and Elizabeth. I, it saw, really,
0: I saw it on... Um, I saw it on Facebook.
2: Yeah, page. it was a great debate, but uh, so I saw highlights of it, and I uh, obsessively read it. Uh, and I just uh,
0: saw the Nancy Pelosi well, ripping up this. Speech. Before we all
2: right, we'll get to Nancy, <laughs> but before he did that, just everything about the spectacle was set up for Donald Trump to do completely counter to what a State of this Union address is supposed to be. Traditionally, where it's coming together, the country, everybody's listening to our leader explain where we're going, uh, how <clears throat> we're gonna get there, what our problems are, what our achievements are, how we're all working together. Generally, there's an attempt to be even remotely bipartisan. It's there wasn't, even, no, no, right? He comes out, <laughs> they start chanting, this, Republicans are chanting four more years, they give a medal to Rush
0: Limbaugh. Oh yes, I remember that too, I heard about that.
2: Uh, you know so it was like a it was a trump rally He turned the, the the congress into a trump rally mm-hmm. um so it was an unseemly spectacle i, I have a hard time i always
0: said america's great again right Is
2: america's it? great again uh, despite the efforts of all the democrats to keep it bad <laughs> uh and then nancy pelosi uh ripped up the speech uh now we've had mixed reviews on that on this show yeah. uh, my friends i'm sure i'm sure cuz I, I know what do you i know like, i
0: I didn't think anything of it. Like, I wasn't really shocked by the act. I know some people were because they feel like... Some people feel like people who are really on the left, they say Nancy Pelosi is really not doing anything or just kind of like she does these, like, acts and That's wants, what Frank you know. was just
2: saying about 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people just say
0: she kind of does these, like... I guess you would call it performative wokeness. Um, that's what the young people would call it. And, you know, they're like, she really doesn't really do enough. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, great. She ripped up a speech. And I know some people actually on the left who think that she shouldn't have done that. Like, it's not disrespectful necessarily to Trump, but just to, as a, as a person in office, like, do you really want to go down? To his level. Well, I don't guess. know
2: anybody in the left who says that.
0: Well, not left. I guess. I guess centrist. I guess centrists, yeah. yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. People who and I, mainstream I saw some,
2: journalists say that. Oh, that's just just disrespectful. I
0: know. I know. I know some family friends of mine, or like you know, older people, like that are my parents' age, were just like, oh, you know, they 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 even if they don't like Trump, they're like they didn't think that she should have done that. So I don't know. I don't really. I didn't find it that offensive personally. I'm just saying, as a non, uh, if I step out of my journalistic hat, I didn't think it was. I'm like, okay, so she ripped up a speech. Well, I loved it. I have to be. <laughs> like, honest. but I. I, th- I guess it's something new that we're seeing. It's it it's it's kind of like it's it's kind of like theatrics now at this. Well, point. it is the.
2: Well, listen, I mean, how it's it symbolic. Gets, it, how do you deal with a bully? Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, we had Mick Fanzler on uh, yesterday, the show, and he made a very good point. Mick Fansler, uh is the leader of the Curls, a rock band in Chicago, and he's very much a Bernie supporter on the left. And he had a very good point. And his point was uh, we're going to do my best to paraphrase it, Mick, was that he really would have been cheering her if she had taken uh, Donald Trump's military budget and ripped that's it what, up. That's yeah. what I've seen
0: on Twitter yeah. from the left. They're and so like, ripping she, up the speech. Yeah, they is, felt like, oh, who cares? You did that. You should do more. That's yes. what I that's what I've seen. Like, oh, big deal. You just ripped up the speech. That's what I've seen yeah. from from the far left. Yeah. I just I, I don't like a lot of people say that there should be civility, but. What what do they mean by civility that you should just sit there and let things people say things and let things happen? I think I think a lot of people would argue that you need to fight back in some way.
2: With, he just gave a congressional to medal to Rush, Rush Lim- Limbaugh. Now, put aside for Rush Limbaugh's medical condition. Just put that aside. Just think about the life this man has led, the career he's had, mm-hmm. the kind of garbage he's put out there and which has led to Donald Trump, led to people being put in cages you know kids being put in separated from their parents just playing one group of people against another group of people uh making fun of people's appearance
0: yeah uh, I, he said stuff about michael j fox because right when he announced his cancer diagnosis i saw michael j fox was tweeting it. i mean tw- uh, trending and i got scared i'm like what happened to michael j fox and it you know people were saying that when he um michael j fox said that he had parkinson's disease rush limbaugh said that he was faking it so a lot of people are like well now that he has cancer, what do you know? Well, how would he like it if someone said that he was faking?
2: It? Yeah. So that's that's exactly what th- that's <coughs> exactly what Rush Limbaugh has contributed to America. And so here we go. I know what a good idea. We'll take a person that half the country despises, and we'll give him an award, the highest award we can give, uh, during the State of the Union when we're all supposed to be coming together around. Comm- so what's Nancy Pelosi supposed to do when that happens? Walk out. There's an idea.
0: Yes, walk out. I mean, you know, AOC boycotted. Didn't show up. Yeah.
2: Did you think Lori Lightfoot should have
0: attended? Didn't she attend? She, yes. In her white suit, she bought a white suit. Did you see that from Macy's? I she, thought she looked okay. She I'm, bought the white okay, suit. I'm going to wear my wear fashion hat suit. for a second. Yeah. She did wear a white suit. We saw it because Lynn Sweet was. was she wearing it at the State of the Union? Nope. She got it yes, at Macy's.com.
2: I know she got it at Macy's. And I, okay, Macy's. this is Sit just me. It.
0: Okay, I'm standing out. I'm just talking as someone who likes fashion and pays attention to fashion. She look. She looked like Don Johnson from Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> <Look at me. laughs> I was like, the one reason I'm saying is because a co-editor sent me a picture. She goes, "Do you want it to see the suit?" And I go, "Yes, I do want to see the suit." Wait, so she was wearing? Okay, I she was wearing it. a white suit because all the women. No, I know um, that. Yeah. I didn't know she wore it at the. She ordered. She told Lynn Sweet because Lynn Sweet called us. She goes, "Oh, I got a good scoop." <laughs> she, well, I don't know she said she said that, but she was very excited <laughs> to tell us that um, uh, Lori Lightfoot just ordered a suit from Macy's. And it was going to be a white suit in solidarity. With I'm really all reluctant
2: that. to challenge you in this because the last time I challenged you or something, you were right and I was wrong. What was it? What? Um, uh, oh, it was uh, um, the the actress who testified against Harvey Weinstein. Was oh, yeah, she yeah, yeah, yeah. in uh, Jungle Fever? Jungle yeah, Fever. yeah. And you, were right, jungle for, yeah. Okay. you were right. And I was wrong. Okay. that's
0: very common in my life. I'm uh, usually right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the news, that's and, yeah. the news, the views and opinions of Romana <laughs> Hussein are oh, those are Ramona. <laughs> uh yeah anyway no i thought that i read that we we had fun with the lynn sweet column where where she has her own private uh she got the scoop and Lori and the private tailor in chicago the white suit uh and uh no i i i personally for what it's worth not that Lori Lightfoot really cares what i think uh did not think she should have gone uh to the speech i didn't see what i understand (laughs) she pointed out to lynn sweet that she was in washington and network all fine but why do you have to go to the speech
0: yeah i thought it was interesting that aoc and who else did the the squad the entire squad boycott
2: uh i'm looking at frank anna presley Congresswoman from massachusetts i'm pretty sure boycotted the speech i'm not sure about the rest of
3: ilhan omar and rashida philippe Ilhan Omar, Rashid Tlaib, and uh, AOC didn't go. They so skipped sorry. it.
2: Presley didn't go, but Tlaib did not go? Are you sure Tlaib about that? Did,
3: I don't think Tlaib went.
2: Okay. All right, whatever. They uh, at, le- at least half of them didn't go. Yeah. Uh, and what's the appropriate response in, in the face of Donald Trump's belligerence? I mean,
0: we've never had anything like this, right, in the history of America. I, I mean, there's definitely people you disagree with politically, but there's been awful presidents. But I don't think... This is just a different, this is just a different, this is like the twilight zone, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how, I mean, I was, uh, I was younger when, and we've had, I've had a lot of presidents I disagreed with, but this is just, we never had a reality show host become president.
2: Who, who learned most of his tricks from wrestling.
0: <laughs> if you really want on. to understand
2: Donald Trump, you got to go and study uh, wrestling and, and uh, the way they build up the drama. Uh, they, they make somebody a, a character, an evil foe that you want to destroy. Uh, and then it turns into sort of this fake fight. Uh, but it's very real. The consequences yes. in this country. Um, all right. Uh, Oscar time. Yes,
0: uh, I, I know I'm going to watch it. Uh, I usually, I told you with award shows because I want to fast forward it. I started an hour later, so I try not to go on Twitter. I wait like an hour and then I like start watching it so I can fast forward all the commercials and all the boring parts and just to see what oh, people are wearing. Way to do it. Yeah, I know that's the way I do it. So it's like an hour, and but but that but by the time I fast forward it, at some point I get caught up. Like the last thirty minutes, I get caught up, and then I just watch the end. So uh, I'm probably gonna s- sit there and watch it by myself. Well, Ben's boycotting s- it. You are boy. No, <laughs> <laughs> I do complain. I have complained about the Oscars. Uh, I, I my husband about asked it why, because I'm complaining about. it. I'm like, I can't believe like it's Oscar so white again. That you know there are so many good movies made by people of color. And he's like, well, why are you watching it? And I'm like, well, I still want to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I, <enough. laughs> I want to see what people are wearing. Uh, I mean, that's half of the fun. Yeah. And so I want to see if anybody may. And I always like watching it to see if anybody will make some sort of statement about the award show because now I think people are saying things and I told you about Joaquin Phoenix at the BAFTA Awards. That, he yeah. he basically got an award. Um, I forgot what it was for. I'm assuming it was for Best Actor. in Joker. Yeah, for Joker and he basically talked about how uh, he talked about white supremacy in the award shows and he said it just seems like we're awarding ourselves and he said I'm part of the problem and he uh, he talked about that and how, you know, people of color need to be recognized for their work, you know,
2: well, we did so a whole show, so. and we invited you to come on, but you, unfortunately, you had the I, flu.
0: Yeah, I'm still battling it, actually.
2: Uh, and you're, we appreciate this. Uh,
0: I j- wish I was there,
2: but... Uh, it was a great show, I must admit. It, uh, I was Sergio bombed. Mims uh, and Daniel Scruggs. <laughs> we went through the, the movie. We made our predictions. Actually, Frank, you would have fit right in here. We made our mm-hmm. predictions. We predicted which movies we thought would win, uh, which movies we thought should Should've win. Should have yeah. And... Uh, uh, and, uh, who we were rooting for that kind of thing. And when all these tangents, uh, so my, I guess my question to you is w- which, uh, car- movie or actor or actress are you rooting for the most?
0: I do want parasite to win best picture. Best Picture, but I don't think it will. I, it wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. Oh yeah, picture? it was nominated. Okay. yeah. Well, I'm only asking because I wasn't sure if it was just stayed in the foreign category. Um, no, it was nominated. What for actor?
2: Five, ac- five awards nominated. Yeah, uh, yeah. Five, I know nom- it's like
0: I know there's a lot of complaints that why weren't any of the actors? Yes. From the film nominated? the actors actually won the SAG Award yeah. for best best ensemble. ensemble. Also, it's nominated for best
3: director, best original screenplay, best picture, I think, and maybe some others. Uh, I don't by remember. By the way, Frank and best uh, international.
2: Ramana, you should know this about Frank. Uh, not only is he a political junkie, but um, I want to make sure movies. this. He, no, he loves movies, and he was he won Roper's contest oh, last year. Cool. Yeah, he won Roper's oh,
3: contest. Are you playing
0: again this year? I,
3: I have if I get invited. But yeah, I they had a trivia contest, and I knew a lot of it, and I won a tote bag with a bunch of sun time stuff.
0: Yeah,
2: he, he, he didn't get that clock though. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> the bright I have, one clock. I have a clock. You have a, a bright but it's one in my clock. car.
0: It's just sitting in my car. I was gonna give it to my mom to give it to my relatives in India next time we go. I always give her stuff that I don't want and then we take it to India. Yeah. I am really
2: I'm really rooting uh I don't really have I don't know like actors. One person I'm rooting for. Yeah, I'm Sandman trying to think. To get it. He didn't get it.
0: So There's gotta be an actor that I'm
2: Eddie the two I wanted the most, Eddie Murphy and Adam Sandler, didn't even get nominated. So yeah, hmm. I'm, uh, I'm gonna watch and see watch what it. people I'll, wear. Uh, I don't be watching what people. Wear. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave by telling you this. This is classic. Curb your enthusiasm. Me. Yes, right. I'm ten years <laughs> late, but totally into it. I'm always bugging Dennis.
0: Oh my god, D, Larry, David, man. <laughs> Do you watch it?
3: I've watched it like a yeah. long time ago. So I've
0: been watch. I've been watching it since it first started. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I used to watch. It. Me and my younger siblings. My older sister never really watched, it. and we we're trying. To, we try to explain to her. So. I don't know how you did not watch Kirby Enthusiasm. Don't have HBO. And I'm, caught up, <laughs> I'm caught up with it, um, with the recent season. And you know, the seasons kind of went between years. Mm-hmm. It started, I think, in 2000. Mm, so it's been almost right, 20 yeah. years. So you're 20 years too late. Hey man, Not I even was, 10 years too late. You're 20 what years too is late. New. What else I know.
4: Is new? I You're almost this, like
2: my husband. I watched The Sopranos 10 years afterwards off the air. And then, but uh, I'm just loving Larry David. And uh, so, see what I used to do, Ramon, I know I told you this. I used to watch Larry David bits on YouTube. And then I went, oh,
0: gee, did you see this? It was from the show. From yeah, the show? they would yeah, just yeah. have
2: like two minute bits. uh the one he did, which is absolutely hilarious, where he's talking about he's talking uh, to an actor about George Lucas going to a shrink. Anyway, uh, just on a tangent there. So I really loved that. I ne- but I'd never seen a full show. Yeah. And then for some reason, uh, Prime is now showing <clears throat> the first year. So I'm watching. So now the- you're going
0: to be caught up. Well, no, well, I'm just they like, only show in the first year. So when I'm you th- better get caught up, but well, you, know, you can binge it pretty easily because, like I said, there's seasons. There are seasons where it's been like four years or something, but um, I think 2017 was the last season and it came back. And I'm, I, I, they have like this the first show of this season. I don't know if you saw it, Dennis, but they had a really funny bit with the MAGA hat. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was really funny. I was
2: alluding to it. Tell people what. So
0: I- basically, for people who. Well, Curb Your Enthusiasm is basically a show created by the creator of Seinfeld. So he plays himself, and you know he's like a Hollywood guy, and he's kind of curmudgeon, a misanthrope. Anyway, he this the first show of this season that just started like two or three weeks ago. Um, he's talking to a guy at a Hollywood par- Hollywood party, and this guy wants to do a project with him and he literally david does not want to do this project you can tell and then you know they show him talking to his manager jeff garland who's a mm-hmm. comedian who's actually from chicago that he grew correct. up in martin grove anyway um so he's talking to him and they were going to go play golf and then jeff garland's like ah. he's not jeff garland the show on the show he's jeff green but anyway his wife the woman who plays his wife is pretty funny she hates Larry hilarious david, so swearing. Susie. anyway uh so they he's going oh, i don't want to play golf with that guy he's a uh, He's a Trump supporter. And then this light bulb goes off in Larry's head. So he's meeting with the guy who wants to do a project with him. And he shows up with the MAGA hat. And the guy feels really uncomfortable. And then, you know, this is Hollywood. And so he's like, well, you know, maybe I was thinking maybe – that project's not such a good idea after all. And then so he uses the hat to keep people away from him. He goes to a restaurant and he wants to sit at a bar alone. And somebody asks him if somebody asks another couple if they want to sit at a table. And they see his hat and they're like, no, no, no. We, so he kind of uses the hat to keep people away from him. But there's this one bit where he's driving, very stereotypical, and there's this biker cutting him off. And then, you know, the biker's like really big and burly and he's like looking at him. And then, so he puts the hat on really quick and then the guy's, the biker is like supposed to be a Trump uh, yeah. supporter. He's like, okay, okay. He goes next time. Just be careful. So it was, it was, it was a pretty funny bit. So when you catch up to it, I think you'll, I think you'll laugh. Uh, I um, um, you brought about here. ten more seasons to go, <laughs> yeah. but when you get there in the maybe, year twenty forty. Yeah. So, but it's really funny because I don't know if you know Richard Lewis. You yeah, probably said. "Yeah, he's so in the first my year." My brother was like Richard Lewis. I never thought he was funny, but in Curb Your Enthusiasm, he's awesome because yeah. he's playing himself. And Richard Lewis like, is
2: hilarious. I Everybody's mean, really funny. Uh, yeah.
0: You're going to see a character that like, who died, Funkhauser, the actor who mm-hmm. played Funkhauser. Yeah, Bob guy.
1: Einstein. If... Uh, okay. So I'm just
0: saying you're gonna you're very far behind.
1: Yeah, I've got. To, we'll be
2: talking about this for the next yeah. year. Uh, as I catch up. Oh,
1: Ramon, I just saw uh, Ben's buying a puddle of mud album <laughs> yeah, this weekend, so <laughs> we're getting there.
2: Very unlikely. All right, Ramon,
1: Hussein. I get? I
2: better let you get back to work. Uh, Jeanette Taylor and Stacey Davis Gates will be here. We'll be right back after this.